Hello, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of A, a BJJ, BJJ Marriage. Marriage, where we talk about our lives as a married jujitsu couple. What? Really? You're gonna break your coffee. Hi, everybody. <laughs> Hi, guys. I did some more uh, donkey guard this weekend. Yep. Kind of. <laughs> you didn't really go through too much. No, not that much donkey guard, actually. I expected a lot more, but I mean, it makes sense because there's a lot of beginners there, and he said right. that it's very complicated. Yeah, that's the not one, a super beginner thing. The one move he did show people were struggling. Oh, yes. Including me. Took me a couple tries I love to figure it. out how to lock my legs up in the right spot. The donkey guard guard pass. Yeah. I thought that was pretty wild because you it's like guard on guard, which you don't see like two people doing guard at the same time. Mm-hmm. But like it's donkey guard guard pass. So that's like two guards make no guards. Like a, two negatives make a positive. <laughs> <laughs> that's funny. Uh, I was thinking that, about it like that. I was just rolling with Ellie this week, and we just kept hitting each other somehow. Like, I would get a foot in the face, and then she would get an elbow to the ear, and, like, it just kept happening. Yep. And she was like, geez, what is going on with us today? And I was like, we're just magnetic. Huh. I was like, but which one of us is negative, and which one of us is positive? And she was like, I'm probably the negative one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was thinking, I was like, hmm. And then she goes, if I lived with Nick, I would probably slap him. <laughs> oh, my God, yeah, I'd be dead if she lived over here. But anyway, <laughs> hi guys, welcome. Welcome to another episode. We're super hyped up from this last weekend, which was, we had an awesome seminar with Jeff Glover, yeah. which blew my mind on multiple occasions. And then I had an awesome private lesson with him. Shout out to Mike Coy. Thank you so much for making that happen. And then UFC last night was also fucking insane. Mm-hmm. Like some of the fights and yeah. how long the rest were letting them fight and some of the things that happened in there was... Yeah. Insane. UFC 266. It was a uh, main card: Volkanovski versus Brian Ortega. But there's a. It was a stacked card. Like yep. every single Shevchenko. all five of the rounds were just so crazy high with people. Even Dan Hooker was in the prelims. Like that's... yeah, I can't believe Hooker was a, a prelim. <laughs> yeah, he was not on the main card. Yeah, that's how stacked this card was last night. It was that's insane. Crazy. I think he was a last minute addition though. Maybe because they didn't know if he was going to make it or not. I didn't know it was of... him. Because okay. when we got there, he was fighting, and I was like, Hooker, no, this is still prelims. There's no way that's Dan Hooker. Then Anthony goes, yeah, that's Dan. And I was like, is this the main card? Like, what? I know. He's been a UFC title fight before. Like, what? You, you were like, are we early or are we late, Nick? <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. Yep. That was crazy. So we had a really crazy, fun, adventurous week. Like you said, all this stuff. But then, of course, our mm-hmm. normal training on top of that. And yeah. we're excited to tell you about it. Yes, very much so. So also, we haven't really seen each other much this week, so this will be our first time really talking about it too. Because I don't know if you've noticed, thirty-three episodes later, we kind of just like this is one of our times to talk to each other. It's just yeah. it just happens to be that you listen. <laughs> yeah, it's our conversation with a awesome fly on the wall, which is you people. Yes, because <laughs> we we honestly. For being a married couple, I don't know how often you guys see each other with your spouse or your significant other, but we don't really see each other that much. Mm-hmm. Just between yeah. like our work schedules 
And then even when we're at the gym, like that is our time together, but like we're not really even together. We're typically working with other people. We maybe roll together once, but it's not like we're sitting there talking about our day. Right. And we actually did train together at the seminar. Yeah. Which people also tried to break us up. Yeah. And we were like, no, I want to do it with her. Yeah. <laughs> and they were like, oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah Miguel we... was like, Nick. And I was like, Brittany. Yeah. And Jay was like, come on, Brittany. I'm like, no. You can join us. <laughs> yeah. That was fun. But we wanted to work together because I feel like that's starting to become our thing is that we don't work together in the gym. We typically help other people, but when we're at seminars, we like to help each other. I'd say we like to help each other at seminars because later on you and I talk about seminars Mm -hmm. together Mm -hmm. and it's way easier to talk about what we're doing when we did it with each other. Yeah. Like the mistakes that I was making or the mistakes that you were making or things like if you were like, well, I was doing it with this person and they did this and it didn't work, I'd I'd be like, "Eh, I don't know what to say. Yeah. But like when we do it together and then we, we bring that memory back up. Oh, remember that move? Oh, yes, this is what happened. It's much easier for us to retain that information with each other. Right. Because we're, we we have a similar style, I'd say. Apparently, other people notice that. <laughs> the amount of times I get called a mini Nick, it's kind of ridiculous. Sorry. I was here first, I guess. Mm, whatever. <laughs> it's good. Yeah. People are afraid of me, so it's fine. <laughs> I don't know I if you guys can tell. Rem- I will never forget when I rolled with Mike Davis and I jumped on his back. He didn't know it was me and he was like, okay, this is a female, and then I started reaching for a collar and, like, looping it around, and this is Nick's move. Like, Nick loves loop chokes, and he was like, it's a female who likes loop chokes. Oh, Mrs. Lee. (laughs) (laughs) I love it. still very weird for me to be called a Mrs., by the way. Well, I've been a Mr. my whole life. I don't like being called Mrs. It makes me feel old. Should I call you Miss Lee? I like that better, honestly, but that would be that I'm single. Yeah, you're not single. Misses just sounds so proper. I don't know. Why do women have all these weird problems? Pronouns. Anyway, Men, continue. <laughs> Men are just like Mr. And everyone's like, oh, yeah, that's me. Yeah, but for women, it's like Miss with an M-S or an M-I-S-S. Or then you have Misses for your, when you're mm-hmm. married. I think there's one more, too. But I remember learning that as a child and being like, this is confusing. Yeah, you know, they should just get rid of that shit. Right? Just well, all I mean, be Misses. They're trying to get rid of pronouns. Yeah, whatever. Let's move on. So. Um, we try not to get political with you guys. <laughs> Anything fun happened in regular training this week? Uh, Tuesday was awesome. We did some really cool oh, yes. uh, turtle breaks. I revolutionized Adam. my turtle game this morning, by the way. Did you? Yes, my turtle game it. is about to explode. Yeah. So if you see me pulling turtle on you. Be scared. Yes. From <laughs> yesterday, remember that guard pass from turtle, basically? Yeah. And today, oh my god. Yeah. So, continue. <laughs> yeah, that's what we did Tuesday, though. We did, um, I asked Adam specifically, when I roll up in a guard pass to turtle, I want to continue moving instead of just, like, sit in a turtle and wait to see what they do. How do I get out from the bottom? And we had a really fun wrestling class out of that. Yeah. I mean, Tuesdays are always fun. We just haven't been there in a while. This is the first Tuesday we made it, so that was kind of nice. Yeah, it was great. Got to hang out with some Tuesday people that we haven't seen in a while. It was just crazy, like being on vacation and then coming back the day of the Tuesday after vacation and then it being our anniversary. And it was just a lot of Tuesday things. But now we're back to our normal routine. 
Yes. And it was actually so intense that I was so sore all day Wednesday, but I forced myself to go on Wednesday, even though I was sore out of my mind. But then I rolled super hard on Wednesday, too. And then by Thursday, I just felt like jello. So I decided to uh, stay home and cuddle my dog (laughs) instead Mm -hmm. of going to the gym. Mm -hmm. I got an angry text from my Muay Thai instructor, and I was like, yeah, you don't matter. (laughs) Yeah, she knew I was teaching class, too. So she was like, nah, I'm out. Mm -hmm. He sucks. <laughs> but yeah, I taught beginner class Thursday. That was super fun. We went over side control, showed people the great shoulder of justice. And remember the UFC fights yesterday? I was like, look, he's doing the shoulder of justice to Anthony, who was at Thursday class. And he was like, oh, there it is. And I was like, see? It works. <laughs> yeah, no, she, Valentina. Mm, she was okay. doing the shoulder of yep. justice in the half guard. Yep, to Murphy. Ooh. Yeah. That was punishing. She's a monster. Yeah. But. Yeah, so Thursday was fun. What did we do Friday? Uh, we did uh, lapel grabs, actually. Oh, yes. Like bottom lapel grabs and how to wrap it around underneath their ankle have you ever forward heard of, and behind. Have you ever heard of worm guard? I've heard of it. I don't know what it is. That's basically your dad was doing it from stand-up to do mm-hmm. takedowns, but it's basically that from the guard. Mm. So you open up the lapel in yeah. your guard, you wrap it behind their leg, and then you cinch it up with one hand and one leg. You control half their body. I didn't know that that was called worm guard, but mm-hmm. Dave does that to me all the time. Yeah, <laughs> that's um, really popularized by Keenan Cornelius. Okay. Over at now American Legion or American Jiu Jitsu, Legion Jiu Jitsu, something like that. Over okay. in California, because he split off of Atos from Andre Galpao, because well, they cool. got into fights or whatever. Nice. Yeah, that was fun. That was different. That was super fun. It was cool because I was working with a pretty new person, and I was talking to her, and I'm like, I've never seen this before, so bear with me. (laughs) But, yeah, and Saturday we just had the seminar. We didn't go to uh, class. Our light decided to turn off. Not really sure why. Sorry, guys. Um, That was weird. (laughs) But... Yeah, we didn't go to class because we knew we had the three-hour seminar, and we didn't know if there was rolling afterwards, so we decided to not go in the morning and just go for the Jeff Glover seminar. Dun-dun-dun, Jeff Glover seminar. That was freaking awesome. It was very cool. I I was not very excited about this one. I really didn't care. I honestly just found out who Jeff Glover was a couple months ago, and yeah, I mean, he... It was pretty cool, but I don't think I've ever actually really watched a match of his, so I just really didn't know anything about him other than people telling me he's amazing at jiu-jitsu. And I was like, mm-hmm. okay. But I've heard he's not, like, the nicest person in the world, so I guess my personality was just kind of clashing with what I imagined him to be. And I was like, I don't really want to go. But I guess I'll go because Nick really wants to go. My dad's hosting it. It's my gym. I should probably go. So I went, and I don't regret it. It was actually really fun. And Yeah. We learned deep half guard. Yeah. We Not learned donkey guard. <laughs> well, I learned a little bit of the donkey stuff. Especially that um, getting from deep half to donkey. Or more of a sweep from bottom deep half. Yeah. Well, that's how we started the seminar, right? He taught us some deep half sweeps. He didn't yep. even really talk about how to get there first. Right. He talked about the sweep. And then after he talked about the three sweeps, then he talked about the entrance to get there. And mm-hmm. there was two different entrances. And then after he talked about the entrances, then he talked about the defense. Yes. And it was very wild. It was a very different order than most people do. 
Yeah, it was really cool because he set it up as, okay, here's the moves you need to know to make Deep Half Guard work. And then, well, how do you get to Deep Half Guard? Okay, this is how you get to Deep Half Guard. Okay, well, what if somebody's stuffing my Deep Half Guard? Now this is what you do. And that's a logical, it's a logical progression in what the kind of questions you would ask from learning that stuff. Yeah, I mean, it made sense. The flow of it made sense. It was just different. I wasn't mm-hmm. used to it. Yeah, I like it. But it was like cool. It. He explained some things in really great detail for, especially for a beginner to do. And we had Nancy there, who is a, I never know how old she is. It's like 74, 72, I believe. 74. And Something she, like she's that. She's like 72 or 74. She's in her early 70s. And she is brand new white belt at our gym. And we all love Nancy. We love working with her and love watching her grow because she's honestly grown a tremendous amount in the month and a half that she's been there. Yes. But we, she was at the seminar yesterday, which I was very shocked about when I first saw her. I was like, this bro does like all inversions and handstands and all <laughs> this crazy wild nut stuff. And why is this seven year old woman here? But she was doing it. Yeah, he broke it down and she was able to do basically all the moves that he was showing. And then he took a picture of her for his Instagram. Mm-hmm. So that was pretty cool. That was super awesome. Shout out, Nancy. Yeah, Nancy, you're semi famous. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, so the deep half stuff was super awesome. He taught some alternative, I wouldn't even say alternative, but um, unconventional ways to pass the guard or get around the guard, mm-hmm. which was super fantastic. Crazy. Yeah. There was one move that he did that I was literally jaw dropped. Like I just sat there watching like. <laughs> it was so funny. And then he actually looked at me and like just pointed and just started laughing. Like ah, I, I stumped her. <laughs> I was just like, oh my God, how did you even do that? Yeah, that was awesome. It was a, instead of passing their guard, you just armbar them. Mm -hmm. And if it sounds ridiculous, it's because it is. Yep. (laughs) Speaking of armbars, he also taught me a great way to break an armbar grip. So I'm super, super, super stoked about that because armbars are kind of my thing. I've learned Mm -hmm. that that's the move that I can pretty much get on just about anyone at this point that is lower than me. And it's the thing that I work for the hardest for people that are above me. And even if I can't finish it, I typically get into the position where I can start working for it. So it's kind of my move. And I know a couple different grip breaks, but this was a whole game changer grip break. And I'm very excited to use it. Very powerful grip break that doesn't take a lot of energy. Yeah. And I love it. It's mechanically sound. And then I went up to the two biggest, strongest, highest belts in the gym and asked if I could try it on them. And they let me and it worked. And I'm very excited. Mm. (laughs) Yeah. In our private this morning, uh, he also showed us how to get from deep half to 50-50, which was fantastic. And then he showed some stuff that he learned. He learned that directly from Ryan Hall, which Ryan Hall's a beast. If You've heard of Ryan Hall, right? Mm-hmm. Yes. And he specializes in the 50-50 guard. Remember I put you in the triangle a couple weeks ago? Mm-hmm. That's Ryan Hall. Mm-hmm. <laughs> cool. Yes. So that was super cool. And then he taught us a couple of things that he learned from Dean Lister which is one of the badass OGs of jiu-jitsu, the one that inspired Donaher. Why would you ignore 50% of the human body? Yeah. <laughs> kind of going off of that, I thought one of the coolest things that he talked about, and this wasn't even really move-related, but he is pretty tatted up. He's got two full sleeves all the way down to his knuckles, and his back is completely tatted, and then he has a stomach tattoo as well, along with some leg tattoos. And he said every single one of his tattoos is jujitsu, And I think that that's really cool. 
Mm-hmm. And he is, he calls himself the biggest jujitsu dork, which I've heard from a lot of people. He might actually be the one. Yeah, so far it seems like he takes a cake. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. As far as what he's devoted his life to jujitsu wise. Yeah. As opposed to like anything else into there. No, I believe it's 100% jujitsu. Yeah. I thought Charles Harriet was the top one that I ever met, but I think Jeff Glover might take it. But. You know, I've never met, like, Gordon Ryan or John Donaher, so who knows? But out of my experience, he was very, you could tell it was his passion. And it was very cool to, like, see him light up about it. And -hmm. a lot of people do, but just, like, the fact that you devoted your entire life and your skin to it (laughs) (laughs) kind of says a lot. Yes. Yeah, there's so many great techniques that we learned from him. It was just, and the way that he moved. Okay, we watched him roll around with a ball for at least 15 minutes. Mm-hmm. And it was wildly entertaining. Yeah. And it was like this room full of jiu-jitsu people watching him with an exercise ball. But we could see how that inspires the movement that he uses just in general and how it increased every aspect of his game. And now I'm pretty sure like Amazon got like 30 orders of exercise balls last night. <laughs> <laughs> yeah all from wisconsin right no but it was fantastic and he had us do a couple of those drills and like he just did it he was like yeah this is what you do and then the three of us tried it and we literally looked like we didn't know how to first day white belts breathe or walk yeah (laughs) we all felt like the stupidest person yeah in the room we're like what one of them was a black belt (laughs) by the way who felt that way (laughs) we yeah we felt so dumb and it was so funny because jeff glover would show like this really complex insane move on the ball and then he would finish showing it one time and then he'd be like do it (laughs) (laughs) and then i was like okay (laughs) (laughs) do it in front of this entire room of people it was so funny but i'm going to add that into my training Mm -hmm. as much as i can with all my free time, you know? Right. No, it was fun. <laughs> the whole summer it was just, it was a neat experience. And I am I'm yeah. very excited that I was able to attend and that I made it, even though I don't necessarily agree with all of the things that comes out of his mouth. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, where I was getting at with that ball was the movements for every technique that he showed. The first time he showed it, it was like the smoothest, most buttery technique. And then he would break it down and show us how to do it. But, like, the way that he was just able to go through every motion that he does was, like, the sharpest jujitsu that I've ever seen. Yeah. Yeah. He said that it's he was showing us his swiftest moves and that you will not look as good as he does until you practice every day for 22 years straight. That's yes. what he said. Yeah, that's what. <laughs> and he was like, and I'm really good at this. Yeah. <laughs> and I was like, okay, yeah. I see that. Yeah. But I mean, he called it beautiful jujitsu. <laughs> Which is where I love the term martial arts. Yeah. Because once you get to that level of proficiency in any martial arts, anything you do starts to look just beautiful like that. Yeah. And you could really see the art in it yesterday. Yes. It was very cool. So I guess the thing that I took away from the seminar the most just the conversation that we had, not even necessarily a move besides that arm break grip, because that yeah. was a fantastic. If I had to pick a move, that's definitely it. But the thing that I have been thinking about, even till today, like 24 hours later, I'm still thinking about it, is he asked the entire room, he said, what are you doing every day to make your jujitsu better that's not jujitsu? And 
I remember just when he asked that, I was like, <laughs> I um, am stumped. Like, <laughs> I don't know. I'm not. <laughs> I'm doing jujitsu every day, so I guess that's what I'm doing. But I've never really thought about what am I doing to make my jujitsu better outside of jujitsu. And the only thing I could come up with was I do Muay Thai, too, because that's another mm-hmm. martial art. And that helps with your footwork uh, when you're standing up with takedowns. Your balance, cardio. Yeah, cardio, 100%. Mm-hmm. And it's definitely helping my jiu-jitsu a ton. But, like, outside of the gym, besides this podcast, I don't really know what I do to make my jiu-jitsu better. Like, this podcast helps me get my thoughts out into words. I think uh, your diet. The diet that you stick to helps make your jiu-jitsu better, unconsciously, subconsciously. Yeah, that's probably it. Mm -hmm. Because we specifically do not eat crappy food. I mean, there's... I mean, I try to eat crappy food. (laughs) I'm going to be honest. I don't let him. (laughs) Remember, he said that was his biggest regret, was eating like garbage in his 20s. I think that message might be sinking in. Oh, good. I'm glad. But, I mean, we we have a couple bad meals in the house that we eat every once in a blue moon like we have ramen noodles that are always available for days that i don't want to cook or we have like the pastoronis in here or sometimes very very seldomly i'll make like a a creamy pasta or soup or something but that even that i think that stuff is way better than like just going to fast food every day oh yeah i guess that's a thing too we don't do that like our level of bad food i think is magnitudes higher than most people's regular diet yeah i'm gonna go down a rabbit hole if i start talking about food so we'll have to make that a whole nother podcast (laughs) well you love food yeah if you guys know me then you probably know i love cooking and i love trying food but diet is a huge part of my life and i hate that diet has such a negative connotation to the word because it's not like it's a lifestyle and (laughs) it's not a phase it's a lifestyle (laughs) okay mom you have to learn to love your body and you have to learn to love putting good nutrients in your body and if you're just gonna sit there and order mcdonald's and kfc anytime you're hungry then you're probably you probably don't love your body the way that you should or even worse just get it delivered to your house and don't even have to leave your house or move and just have fried food delivered to you all the time i don't understand and like if you do that yeah, that's that's your lifestyle and your choice, and you can you can keep doing you. But you're but gonna die real quick. That's not my lifestyle. I just saying. Okay, you're gonna die. So <laughs> on vacation, when we just went to New York in August, so a month ago, we stopped at the Oasis, which is yeah. We needed food. It was like late at night. Yeah, if you're not from here, the Oasis is just like an abundance of fast food restaurants inside of a building, kind of like a food court. That hovers over the top of a freeway, so you don't have to leave the freeway on your trip. Yeah. You get off the exit, it's immediately on top of the freeway, and then you drive directly back onto the freeway, and that's it. Oasis. It's very convenient. However, we went there at 11 o'clock at night, so a lot of the places were closed. And our only options, the only two places open, was McDonald's and I think Taco Bell. Yes. And that was it. And the Taco Bell line was like 30 people deep. So we got McDonald's, and that was the first time I have had McDonald's in seven years. And that was because it was my only option. Seven. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven. People years. think I'm insane when I say that. And honestly, if you want to even make it more crazy, seven years ago when I did eat McDonald's, it was my freshman year of college, and I only ate their breakfast sandwiches before class. And that was it. I don't even think I've had like 
a regular double cheeseburger or a Big Mac or any of that kind of stuff since I was mm-hmm. a child. Like, I don't eat McDonald's. I don't eat any of that. I eat, I eat Wendy's sometimes and I eat right. Pops sometimes. And that's about it. Right. But even those so. are, I'd say, better food. Right. <laughs> so that was the first time I had McDonald's in seven years. And I was so sick the entire trip. Like, it mm-hmm. didn't even go away. Like, my stomach was going ballistic almost the entire time that we were gone. And it was not good. I was very backed up. It was very uncomfortable. And I am vowing to myself I will never eat McDonald's like that again. <laughs> yeah. You'd rather starve. Yes. Because <laughs> it was awful. So diet is a huge part that makes our jiu-jitsu, my jiu-jitsu better. Yeah, Probably I'd say yours so. too. I'd say it helped me out a lot, yeah. <laughs> yeah what do i do outside of the gym that helps me with jujitsu well recently it's been knee exercises i uh, just find time to work on my knees and make them stronger yeah but um i think about jujitsu way too much i talk about jujitsu to way too many people yep <laughs> i look at way too many things you just related online so i don't even know i don't do anything that's not jujitsu Except for driving. <laughs> yeah. Really? Well, so, yeah. Jiu-Jitsu has kind of consumed our lives a little bit. A little we bit. We are sitting on mats inside of our house. In our geese. <laughs> for uh, this podcast every week. <laughs> <laughs> we used to do it at the gym, but it ended up being too big of a space that there is so much extra background noise all the time that it would catch on to. So we decided to cut mm-hmm. it out at the gym and just start doing it in our house where we had a smaller room and there wasn't such like what is that what would you call that dead air but you can still yeah. hear it yeah background noise just background noise yeah and then white noise fish tank at the gym too so that was always in the background oh uh, yeah that's right which was annoying mm-hmm. but anyway so yeah. anyways seminar it was great and that was my biggest takeaway so you should think about that if you're still listening to up to this point what do you do <laughs> to make your jujitsu better outside of jujitsu mm-hmm. it's a good thought process to have yep but all right let's get to the coolest part seminar is pretty cool but <laughs> the seminar was super cool the ufc 266 volkanovsky versus ortega but so much stuff happened before that fight and it oh was God, insane yeah. Okay, so there was one ref who probably should be fired. <laughs> what, between uh, Marlon Marais and uh, Marab yeah. Vichelli? Yeah, that crazy name. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So I, I thought that Marab was going to take it, but in that first, that second round, it was first round, he got wobbled, and he was and then running he around his the cage. Back and he ran away. And Marlon was chasing him, and like, Knocked him down a couple more times. Yeah. And then Marab ended up running and just pinning him up against the wall and surviving and defending. Somehow, I don't know how the ref didn't stop it in that chaos. There's like 62 unanswered punches. No, that wasn't even this part yet. Really? No, that was not this part. So that was when Marlon... Just got knocked. No, Marlon knocked him down. Remember? Marias knocked down Marab. Yes. And then Marab pushed yes. him up against the fence yep. and then took him down. Mm-hmm. And then he hit him a hundred times. A mm-hmm. <laughs> hundred times. He was just like ground pound. Yeah. And that was crazy. 
That was insane. Everybody was just like, oh my god, oh my god. Yeah, when we're are we going to stop the fight? screaming in the backyard of the house that we were at. <laughs> Poor neighbors. <laughs> yeah. We're just like, oh, oh my god, it's done, it's done. How is it still going? Holy crap. And they're oh like, oh my god. Where's his guard? Where's the like triangles? Where's the arm bars? Yeah. Where's the up kicks? Yeah. Where's just like push him away? Yeah. So that was the first round. Yeah. Then the second round. Second round was more of the same thing. Yeah. And then it got stopped there. Finally, after way too many strikes. But then it flipped, and it was just, oh my gosh. There was just so many unanswered punches and so many terrible guard things. Like, people were not using their guard the way that they should have. Like, you have a guard, right? What do you do with it? You keep people away with the length of your legs, the strength of your legs. You keep them away Mm -hmm. at bay so that you don't get punched in the face. Right. But these dudes were literally just holding them in close guard so that they were right here with their face and just getting hit over and over and over. Yeah, that was crazy. So that was a way, an insane fight. Yeah, that was a crazy fight. People are calling that one round of the year because it, both of them could have been stopped and Easily. lost that fight. That ref should be fired. But we also watched uh, Jessica Andrade. 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 Andrade, yes. Uh, she went against... Oh, what's her name? Not Cecilia. Cavallo or something? Something like that. But she was the first... Cynthia, I think? Yeah. She was the first person. Jessica was the first uh, female to ever finish Cynthia. I think her name's Cynthia. Sorry if I'm butchering that name. But uh, Jessica was the first female to ever finish her. Not beat her, but just finish her. Which I thought was really cool. she did it really well. She put on a, a great show. Yep. And then we watched some heavyweights battle it out all three rounds, which yep. never really happened. Yeah, they finished all three rounds. Normally don't go three rounds. But then we saw Valentina Shevchenko against Murphy. No, you forgot about Nick Diaz. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Nick Diaz's um, 300 punches in two rounds. Yeah, yeah. That was a boxing match. That was wild because he was like slow motion punching, but he just did not stop punching. Mm-hmm. It was just like, uh, 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 These uh, two uh, were like uh. bobbleheads. It was like every time they got punched. With, uh, ruthless Robbie Lawler. <laughs> yeah, that was that was an insane. That fight. was also wild. <laughs> and we were both just like, oh my god, oh my god, oh oh. Like the oh. amount of times they got hit in the face was unfathomable. <laughs> yes, and the Diaz brothers just have those long arms just to yeah. punch you from anywhere. I think after the first round, they were both in like over 112 punches each like i think one had like 134 and the other one had 112 in the first round yeah to the head head. that wasn't even including body or leg strikes like it was just literally headshots and that was like oh my god yeah that was crazy can you imagine being hit in the head 134 times in five minutes no (laughs) (laughs) i cannot imagine that (laughs) we yeah we were talking about sparring sessions and uh yeah i don't think that's ever happened so (laughs) no i cannot imagine that it's also really fun to watch watch fights with people who know about fights like we were there with a bunch of people from our muay thai class which was cool because we all know what it takes to strike and what it takes to strike well so yeah instead of casuals that are like what are they doing why are they hugging (laughs) (laughs) why doesn't he just like not lay up against the fence right right (laughs) Yeah, but, but then the way that ended, Nick Diaz just like saying, nah, man, I'm done. Yeah, he's, he got knocked down, <laughs> and then he just sat there on the ground, and the ref was like, get up, get up, and Nate's like, nah. Yeah. And Nick is like, nah, I'm done. Yeah, Nick, he was like, nah. <laughs> <laughs> this is enough. <laughs> and we were like, oh, 
I guess he's done. All right. Robbie wins that one. <laughs> yeah, my best guess is he just like broke his nose and then didn't want to continue not boxing mm-hmm. with a broken nose or something. Yeah, probably. I don't know. I mean, Robbie was, deserved yeah. it. It's not like Nick really right. just gave it to him or anything. Like, Robbie was definitely doing he was, some great stuff. But. Yes, he was uh, taking uh, the momentum of the fight. That's for sure. Yeah. And then, now Valentina Shevchenko. I get very mm-hmm. excited because she is my favorite fighter. The bullet. Oh, I love her. I love watching her fight. I love everything about her. Her personality, her humbleness, her smile, like everything about her. The three languages she speaks, her thank you speeches. It was four. It was four. It was English, and then it was Spanish, and then it was Russian. I thought it was Portuguese. No, it was Spanish. Maybe she did Portuguese too, but like she did did English, she did Spanish, maybe Portuguese, then she did Russian, and then she did Thai. Yeah. Like what in the world? She's awesome. And it was funny because she did the Russian one, and then she looked at the guy, Daniel Cormier or whoever it was, and she was just like, one more. (laughs) (laughs) She is such an exceptional human being. Yes. It's really just fantastic that we as a species are able to watch her on a screen in anywhere in the world. Yeah. She is unique (laughs) in every way. And man, is watching her fight one of the most amazing things for me. Like She's so technically perfect. Like just everything is extremely sharp. That's another example of when martial arts is an art form. Yes. And you just see it, and you're just like, that was just beautiful. Yes. Love her. It was so good. <laughs> Honestly, like, there wasn't Poor really... Poor Lauren Murphy. Right. There wasn't really anything, like, too outstanding that we just had to all be like, oh, the entire time. It was just like, Valentina was perfect. We knew yeah. Murphy wasn't going to win. But I'm really surprised Murphy made it to the fourth round. She did good. Like, making she it to good the... keeping the distance yeah. and uh, putting up defenses and trying to make it work. Yes. She did the best that she could, you know? Honestly, when she started the fourth round, I was like, that is a win in itself. Like, clearly Valentina has the first three rounds, so even if they make it all five, like, Valentina's going to win. But the fact that she made it to the fourth round with the bullet is a win. And I yes. think she should be very proud of herself because she did great. Yeah, she did fantastic. Um, but yeah, and then of course we got to Volkanovski and Ortega. I've been looking forward to this fight for months mm-hmm. because first of all, I love both of them. I love Volk just because I like the land down under to begin with. <laughs> <laughs> I love New Zealand. I love Australia. I love city kickboxing. So I love everything that comes out of there martial arts wise. Volkanovski is just fun. And he's so fun. We watched Tough. Mm-hmm. We finished Tough this week and Volkanovski just seems like such a... First of all, he's like somewhat humble, but then he's also like amazing, an amazing a specimen of a human being. He's <laughs> yeah. also a troll. <laughs> yeah, but like, but like he's one of those people who can like dish out the most shit, but he can take it back in just like spectacular fashion without having to worry about like bullshit, you know? Whereas like Ortega throughout the show was dishing shit out, but when it came back to him, it was like painful to him. Yeah. <laughs> you know? And there's... Yep. People in the world like that, like, most of the time, if you can dish shit out, you got to be expect for it to come back and, like, recognize the game and be like, okay, yeah, that's good. Mm-hmm. But, like, if you dish shit out and when it comes back at you, all of a sudden you start to get upset, nah, you little bitch. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Honestly. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, you got to be able to take what you give out. Yeah. And uh, Ortega showed in the show that he could not take it. But uh, during the fight oh yesterday. My God. He showed that he could take it. (laughs) I just wanted to cry for him. Oh, my goodness. Oh, my God. He showed the biggest display of heart. Yeah. Like, ever. The biggest competition heart that I think I've ever been able to, like, witness. It was insane. 
And yes. I don't really like Ortega very much. I think he's kind of a dick. But he showed so much. I want to say a different word other than heart, but like it was That's just. That's what it is. It was insane the way that he just kept getting back up. Yeah. And like it wasn't There's even. There's no quit. Right. And it wasn't even that he was getting knocked down where he just couldn't handle it. Mm-hmm. He would get knocked down and then he'd just get right back up and keep going. Yeah. And he kept going with um, good technical mm-hmm. footwork, good technical punches, mm-hmm. good defenses, good jujitsu. Yeah. Like everything that's in his game. The only reason he has two losses is because he's fought the first and second best featherweights of all time. Yeah, Max Holloway and, and Volkanovski. Volkanovski. Yeah, Volkanovski is on a 20-fight win streak. Spoiler alert. <laughs> <If> <laughs> Volkanovski won. <laughs> yeah, but like, and Holloway, before Volk, the reason they had to fight twice is because Holloway is such a master of MMA. Mm-hmm. That the first fight was too close, they had to check it out again, and Volk still edged it out, I believe, and really showed why he's amazing. And Brian, unfortunately, is in that same division (laughs) and has to compete with both of them. And it's just the chokes that Volkanovski somehow survived also. Yeah. Like, Volkanovski did great with striking and stand-up and putting him down. But then Ortega, you could see, had the submission threats on the ground when... Volk was making mistakes positionally, and then he had him in the gui- a mounted guillotine. That was tight. Yeah, like, that Volkanovski really just like spazzed out. <laughs> like his head went purple. It was so tight. Yeah, he looked like a white belt, but it was effective. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not gonna lie. Mm-hmm. Like you saw him in the guillotine, and then you saw his eyes open up. Like, oh no, this is not good. <laughs> and then you saw he because. Ortega had the mounted guillotine, and he yeah. mounted him with both his arms trapped in his legs. Yeah. So Volk just had his head trapped in the guillotine. He was like... Yeah. Uh, uh, uh. So imagine <laughs> imagine when you were a child, or if you have children, when they do the worm on the floor. That is what Volkanovski looked like, except backwards. So kids who do the worm are normally on their stomach, and they like spin into a spiral, but he was on his back, just yeah. like bouncing. Yeah, that was so funny. And I was, and I was just screaming at the TV, because yeah. I didn't want him to get guillotined. And then he got out, and then yeah. he got caught in a triangle. Which is who, Brian T-City, Triangle City, Ortega's special move, right? And then it was locked up. It was a tight triangle. His arm was in there and everything. There was I saw a blood vessel. There was a cut <laughs> on his forehead. And <laughs> Ortega was squeezing the triangle. And I saw blood spurt out of his head. <laughs> and I was like, oh, my God. There's no way. <laughs> and once again, I'm screaming at the TV. And I don't know. He just, like, laid down and got out of it. I think... I think if that would have happened in round one, he would have had it. When he was strong, yeah, and When not he was tired. strong and not as slippery. Yes. But by round, what was that, four? Three. That was three. Yeah, by round three, they're already, like, soaking wet from sweat. Yeah. And they're tired because they're fatigued from having just beaten the yeah. living snot out of each other for three rounds. I think Volk got out of it because he um, laid backwards and uh, baited Ortega to come to a mounted triangle. But Ortega didn't come up. And then he was able to make enough space to open up the triangle and then get back to half guard and then ground pound for the rest of the round. And that was like one of the most back and forth rounds of like ever Yeah. that both happened on the same card with Marlon and Marab and then Volk and Ortega. Yeah. 
It was well, so entertaining. Can you imagine, since Brian Ortega is actually known for his triangles, how much training Volkanovski probably did for triangle defense? Absolutely, yes. Like, his triangle defense is probably some of the best in the world, just because he yep. knew he was going to go out, out with Brian Ortega. Yeah, and um, I'm sure his training partner, Craig Jones, has helped him out tremendously mm-hmm. with that. Like, there's no way you can train with Craig Jones for months, and then you should, he should just automatically have his black belt now. <laughs> like, yeah. for real. Because, yeah, that that submission defense was great. And then he got caught in an anaconda from um, Ortega as well. And he slipped out of that. That's and right. then he just ground and pounded him. that one. Wow. And Ortega's face at this point was a bloody mess. And he was still going for these submission threats. He was still throwing, throwing counter punches, counter yeah. kicks, and going for it. And it was just wildly entertaining. And Ortega, or Volk, um, had to... There was no point where Volk was just automatically going to win by moving mm-hmm. forward. He had to continually fight smart, which he did also, which is the uh, shows the true championship knowledge he has to keep it tight the entire time, no matter what, until the fight's over. Yeah. And he just really showed why he deserves to be champion and why he should be the featherweight goat. Right. They almost had to stop the fight after round three because Brian's eyes were like basically sealed shut from the punching and his swelling was so bad that I think it was his left eye that was just completely swollen shut. And they asked him if he could see and I don't think he could. (laughs) He was like, no, I'm good. (laughs) And they're like, can you see how many fingers? He's like, I'm good. How many fingers? Okay, three. And then, he, and then he was, like, kind of walking, like, looking around while they were showing fingers. And he was like, no, how many fingers? And Brian's like, I'm fine. <laughs> Dude, what do you mean you're fine? Like, I'm surprised that that fight was not stopped. It was kind of insane. But wild. I think one of the most humbling things about it all, too, was that Brian Ortega and Volkanovski, they just did Tough the last season together. And they obviously... Shot the shit with each other a whole lot of times because they were competing against each other with a team and they just wanted to, you know, make good reality TV. Mm-hmm. But they said that even through all of their smack talking to each other, that they're still brothers in the sport and that before every single round, they always high fived each other. They did, yeah. It even was even when Brian's face was falling off. It was fantastic sportsmanship. <laughs> like, yeah. You could see there was like a little bit of bad blood. You know, we never know how much of that is fabricated to mm-hmm. sell a fight, right? But you could see in the ring the sportsmanship was there, and yes. they both respect each other, and they both deserve to be at the top where they are. Yes. And it was fantastic to watch. And I'm just amazed that Brian Ortega was still throwing shots and kicks the way that he was, like Dude. just with accuracy and finesse, even, even though, though he, he was couldn't blind. see. Yeah, <laughs> it was beautiful. His it face was, was not beautiful, but <laughs> at the end, like, he's just dripping blood. His eyes are swollen. His nose is, like, caved in. And I was like, ooh, yeah, he kind of looks like a Halloween decoration right now. <laughs> like, oh, if I yeah. saw him walking down the street, I would be scared. I would have probably turned around. That was crazy. I want to know what his face looks like today. I should look that up. Oh, my goodness. He had to have posted something, right? I don't know. I'll check his Instagram. Okay. <laughs> yeah, but that was kind of our... Our fun week, yeah, the Jeff Glover seminar was just, my mind was blown so many times yesterday with a few things, but then today we did a private lesson, and I learned so many great things. I learned how to break a femur, and I learned how to break a shin bone. Those are not things that you don't really learn in jujitsu, and I was like, oh, 
And like he did it to me and I was like, oh my God, I need to tap before my femur breaks. <laughs> and it was like, holy shit. That's cool. Dude, it was crazy. The things that we did today. And we like kind of rapid fired a couple things, but I learned so much this weekend and I can't wait to put it out on the mats. Yeah. I really can't wait. Should be fun. Yep. So what do we have looking forward to for the next couple weeks? Uh, I think we're. I think I've decided I'm actually going to compete in yep. Chicago on the 9th, October 9th. Yep. So yeah, that'll be cool. Yeah. So we're going to go to Chicago in about two weeks, a little under two weeks. Ooh, under two weeks. I know. So we're going to be working on lots of takedowns this week together. Yeah, my plan is this week is to uh, finalize what takedowns I'm comfortable with. Yeah, we'll probably shoot him at each other so he can get his takedown practice in, and they can also practice practice takedown defense. And we'll be sweating a lot this week, I can already tell. And then, <laughs> so yeah. we'll have that going on. I'm just very excited for life. This was a great weekend. Yeah, it was. Very fun. And then October, I mean, it's just always a crazy month, just with Halloween and everything, all the harvest festivals that are going on. We're actually going to one in a little bit. Mm-hmm. But we are uh, going to be having a costume party at fluid like we do every year and that should be fun yeah and yeah. oh and then in november we're going to worlds oh yeah that's we're going super exciting to, uh, we're gonna go to vegas going to las vegas in about six weeks to watch a couple of our competitors compete my dad is one of them mm-hmm. it's gonna be his first time competing in eight years his first time competing as a black belt last time he competed he was brown He's been a black belt for about six years now, so that's kind of wild. Jason's competing, Jose's competing, Dave's competing. Yep. I heard Tracy was thinking about competing, but I don't think she's going to until next year is what I heard. Because I think they want, my dad said to her that she should be in the next age bracket, and I think next year or two years from now would put her in the next age bracket. That makes sense. And then she'll be at the top of the level for that. Mm -hmm. Or the bottom, I should say. like the She might be purple by then. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) That would be... One day. Yeah. That would be exciting. That would be cool. <laughs> so we have all that coming up. It should be super, super fun. Yes. I'm very excited for the future of my jujitsu after today. I can't wait. There's always tons going on. It's just such a fun culture and atmosphere. And there's a lot going on in our personal lives, too. And then my work, my work career is going up right now, too. And mm-hmm. we just sold our business this week to a different company. So we're going to be under new ownership and management here very, very soon. And it should make home life and work life a little bit more positive for me, which will be super exciting. It's a season of growth for us. Yes. That's a great way to put it. Mm-hmm. So, uh, yeah, we were going to talk about escapes today. Yeah, I was going to talk about <laughs> Yeah, it was really cool because one of the concepts Jeff was talking about is he's so extremely comfortable in any situation that you put him in that he will let you get to a worse spot so that he can put you where he wants you to be in that transition because he's so comfortable at escaping stuff. And and I identify as an escape artist in jiu-jitsu to begin with. And I think that's something that every white belt needs to understand that you don't learn moves to dominate. First, The first thing you need to learn is how to survive in general. And if you can survive in every spot... Like, okay, yes, for a period of time, you're going to lose by points, you're going to lose by time. But ultimately, if you can defend every submission, like, forever, people will respect your game, and you can build off of those escapes and transitions from every single escape from every single position. Yeah, for sure. I think it's super important. 
whole episode in itself. Right. I just summarized it. Yeah. <laughs> but, but yeah, that's something that I add into my game as much as possible. And if you rolled with me, you probably experienced that it is not that easy to submit me. And that's all I, I, I would say about it. It's not like I'm impossible to submit, but I don't make it easy. Yeah. At least mm-hmm. from what I hear. I would agree. <laughs> I'm not trying to be egotistical about it. You're not. I was just going to say, Jeff Glover is pretty egotistical, but. <laughs> yeah, he was like, yeah, it's not going to happen. <laughs> mm-hmm. And I'm like, uh, I feel kind of comfortable here. Yeah. But. All right. Well, I think we covered pretty much our blog for the week, our vlog, mm-hmm. which is kind of what this turned into. So sorry if you wanted to hear more about other things, but <laughs> oh, well, we only got lots more. This is episode 33 of episode 33. However many we plan on doing. So. <laughs> yes. Well, I appreciate you guys listening. I hope that you had a great week also. And yes. if I see you at the gym, get ready for some deep half guard. Biatch. Yeah, should be fun. So. All right. All right. Thanks, guys. Thanks, guys. <laughs>